Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, omateo, tonansi, tonato. Rights echo dead silence, once lost in dimensional frequency. Shambling scavengers of the damp running scrimmages, scribbled in crippled images. Colder than my cold dead pen, scorching in the end. Crow feet embedded over forehead, show of false flesh. A walk in my cold steps, bones rest. Has buried me in it, so I wasted them into a vacant state of what to make of this. Hells, hounds, rising from the underground. I've been crowned queen of dark realms. As I spit a verse, I'm casting spells. The little girl who found down the well a resurrecting spirit. If you're smart, you learn to fear it. I feel you challenging my aura, stepping up to me. I'll misform you, reveal your misfortunes. Oh, yes, who knew? I had a couple screws loose and let you loose. Immune to the depths of the wasteland with a bag full of spray cans. And so the story goes in red like horror, cold and horror, scope and shallow foe. Next wrapped in rope, falling down the gallows pole. Accompanied by a ghastly host, yo, my whole life flashes. Before I go, to lit to adjust the pose. A form that's modified into a morphous decay. Features hideous as West Craven. Brock, not missing to play. I and I invade like plague. My approach is vague as when Dolly Roger waves. Obliterate center stages as when the marijuana tank is aimed. You can't get rid of me, starving artists to find creativity with words With ability to start a riot, modern day pirates On a murder my crime spree, whack rappers reside in confinement Planet alignments, consuming energies if you follow my science I'm nice with my fine points, sublime after two joints This is the rise and fall for you all from my viewpoint Jekyll and Hyde and cursive rhymes deployed We kill them all as the crew joins We kill them all as our crew joins We are becoming what 
It is part of that Mayan prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku. People say that the gods made them Yo, Zero. Yo, yo. Las Aslan, LA Natives Podcast. What is cracking? I have a big smile Man, on my look face. At, look at the chat, bro. Like the chat's lit. We have a lot of early birds tuning in live with us Absolutely. on this beautiful Wednesday must night. Be special. <laughs> Thank oh, you guys for having me. Always feel special here at Underground Hip Hop Blog. That's cool. Yeah, yes. man. I mean, Armando's built a big house, and and he's invited all all of us to come and kick it. So, um, since the last I think um, gig that we had at the Catch One, the first annual gen, uh, gathering, what was it? Oh, Battle City, no Battle Little Bighorn. You know what? The room is so hot right now because we have a very special guest. Our okay. camera froze, but we are continuing okay. to be live. Okay. So this happens whenever we have a strong energy in the building. Well, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I remember. I'll get it back up, guys, within a minute. I remember you from the show on yes. June twenty, June twenty fifth last year. So, and then um, I seen you again at the Mexica New Year. Oh, I wish I would have said hi to you. You're. Yeah. I w- but you know I was working. Okay. I was like working at, at the booth, and, and yeah. but I, I I could clearly see the stage, and then I heard your performance because I remember it from 
June 25th show. So yes, thank you. you're pretty dope. Thank you. Thank you. I actually remember you from my man's first show. Uh, oh, yeah. It was at the Labyrinth. This was like do it for music oh, early dang. days. Yes. Like this was. You know my, that the Labyrinth was my studio. That was my studio I, in downtown that's what LA. I heard. Yes. See, I didn't even know too much then. I wasn't <coughs> even old enough to get in the shows then. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I was 20. Yeah. Okay. They had to put big old X on my hand. To oh, no way. Do my thing. <laughs> Wow, that well, you know, see our paths crossed in, in certain instances, and now we're here on LA Natives podcast. Yes. And ha- have you always? Have you always? Um, has your topics always been indigenous, or did you start off doing other things? Um, actually, yes, they did. Um, uh, they were kind of more. I did start with poetry. Uh, um, I always known I was indigenous. I always known uh, my grandma let me know early on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and um, so I guess yeah. And I guess in, in a way, I actually started writing when I was in the system. So that had a lot to do with it. But just my family, my brothers being musically inclined, somewhere along the line, there was somebody out there singing chants and stuff because we all do it. We nice. all do it. <laughs> That's cool. Well, so I- so let me go back to the studio thing. Was this the same studio that Fora like completely yeah. packed out the joint? Yeah. Oh, wow. When Fora, when Flora, when Flora, when Fora first started out, you know, prior to him, you know, getting these really big shows, I remember I suppose um, answered an ad that I had in Craigslist, and I fucking go and I go to the door, and it's fucking I suppose about the fuck what are you doing here? He's all, oh, I'm here to see a studio and they're gonna throw a show and gallery or whatever, and I'm like, dude, that's my gallery, bro, come on. So I fucking ended up uh, showing him my studio, and then Fora did like five shows there. It was kind of trippy because. It was a line around the fucking blog wow. to this fucking little art <laughs> gallery. So you actually had this gallery open for all kinds of events. Yeah. Well, uh, pretty much, I suppose. And and did the gruesome twosome perform? Or was it no, just? No, it, it was Mons. Honestly, it was just I, Mons? I, Mons. I think it was, Um, I, I had maybe one Shout verse. Shout out to Mons on Army. A, I had one verse on a song for him, but I remember, th- but that was officially it. And he was like, okay. I'll get you again. Hop on the next one I got. Hop on the next one I got. I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to get my, my own slot now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so yeah. It's been a it's been a minute. Yeah, but that was the that was the studio that had started right here on First Street. It was right by the art district. Oh, okay. That's love right there. Yeah. I went like, you know, for, I had that studio for like three years, but it wasn't like it was during that time where everybody had their own equipment and so I just did a few projects out of there and then, you know, shut it down. Oh, wow. But, I mean, if we would have had the blog or anything, it would have been a dope place to kind of, you know, do our podcast. Yeah, that would have been. But could have, should have, would have. <laughs> so, Polka One, I really appreciate you accepting our invite. Um, this show is a very important show because we like to showcase indigenous hip-hop, especially dope indigenous hip-hop. Like, guys, if you guys ever catch Pokemon performing live, she's possibly one of the dopest artists I've ever seen live. She just has that stage presence. She knows how to work that stage from left to right. Yeah. Right, Poka? Like, I see you jumping around. I see you working the stage. And tell me, how did that come about? Is it just off of practice of performing so much? Or did it just come natural to 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 work a stage like that? If you know what I mean. Yeah. Honestly, it's always been natural. I always thought I was going to be on Broadway, honestly. Like, I, I was in plays coming up, and, yeah, I just always wanted to be 
on the stage, all over the stage, on it, off it, you know what I mean? And then I always just kind of wanted to do just a, a bunch of things at the same time. And then how you say how you see me jumping around, you know, I do a little jingle dance. I, I incorporated that a little bit when it's appropriate, you know. Um, and I don't mean that in, in a in a weird, bad way. I mean yeah. that as a as a professional you are, you're supposed to do what you can to entertain the audience, which is yeah. essentially hip-hop fans. Am I right, Zero? Yes, well, it's I want to connect easy. from left to right. I'm not just rapping to the people in front on the front row, you know, because the person in the back over there, I see her dancing, I see his hand up over there, you know, like, you got to connect. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I feel very, not disconnected, but just kind of, like, out of body when I'm on stage, you know what I mean? So I think that just kind of makes it easier, like, and I'm really nearsighted, so if you ever see me like this, it's really because I'm blind and... I just, yeah, I just be living yeah. in my own head, <laughs> in my own zone. So, um, I, I enjoyed her performance. Like, I enjoyed her performance when, when the times that I've seen her. And, and, and you're right, you are kind of out of body because you're just like going and doing your set. And, and it's pretty powerful. And the fact that it's a female, it's indigenous, and um, it's done with skill. Like, your, your timing's on, your cadence is dope. I mean, it, how long have you been been emceeing for? Um, for about ten years now. Oh, well, cool. well, actually doing it, you know. Yeah. But I've I've been writing. Like meaning recording and performing. Yeah, for about ten years. Oh, cool. That's cool. On, honestly, it, it, it's <coughs> kind of surprising to hear that because I'm pretty sure the question like, well, where is your stuff? Well, where is this? Where is that? I'm kind of very, you know what I mean? Like, I need to let it out. I need to, as much. I'm 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 a very. Uh, a great live performer i need to work on you know what i mean like the business part of it you know what i mean like, well like studio, to me to, like, to me not necessarily like you you fully embrace underground hip-hop especially los angeles underground hip-hop yes I, I just mean like my catalog like i mean because i do have i have a lot more stuff that is just for me or you know that i haven't released and i'm actually redoing my, I'm going to split it in two to turn it into two projects. I'm doing a bunch of weird stuff. Well, really maybe that's through. a good thing to not have released it prematurely. Here, here, here's the thing is that, like, when I was recording a long time ago, right now I haven't recorded. I, I'm being very specific about what I'm recording. Like, like, it's okay, I'm doing this track. Prior to that, though, I just used to record, right? When I was in the studio right here in downtown, I, I have a lot of the foundation of what I use now. Right. So as an artist, as a recording artist, it's different from a painter. Right. A painter has sketchbooks, paintings, and that's how he organizes his art. You know, and that's the steps that we need to go through as a recording artist. As a recording artist, you have to organize your art. And, I don't, and I'm not telling you that I'm organized. Yeah. I'm telling you that when you organize your art, it starts to become, uh, it comes to, oh, how could I say this? It's a lot more um, tangible yes. is what I'm saying. Because you're in a tough position. That I think, I thought I was in a tough position putting out music when I did. But I think nowadays it's different because everything goes to streaming. Mm -hmm. And you can take that down from the streaming and put it back up and... It just, at the time, like before, in, my, in you know, it's how old, 
in my time, <laughs> you know, we used to have to print CDs, you know, that is a lot different. And you couldn't really print just a hundred. You had to print like a thousand or yeah. 600. Or it was a big investment to do that. So you had to really be confident in your, in your stuff. So my advice to people that are continuing on as, as recording artists is to organize your art. You know? And organizing your art doesn't mean that you record something and release it. Yes. That means you just, oh, wow, this is a good foundation. I feel good about this. Because the days of, um, or it, it, this was never, ever real, where someone was going to go up to you and say, hey, you know, I want to make you a millionaire and let you say whatever you want. <laughs> That's never going to happen. And I realized that, like, in the middle of my journey. Yeah. Right? My art wasn't as organized. It was somewhat organized. I would get it organized like at the last second, like I do right now. Um, but when it gets organized, in other words, project, merchandise, release. Like that's really organized. Yes. And sometimes we feel like record, release, record, release, record, release. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I don't want to, yeah. I don't and it leaves all the other stuff, the important stuff, like the shirts, the campaign that rolls with it. I mean, that that's that's the organization that, that I think we all seek as underground artists. Mm -hmm. You know, so true true underground artists don't chase the industry. Yeah. Well that's how I see it. Because you don't chase the industry, right, right Polka? No, I'm I'm actually just kinda um I I'm trying to like I don't want to say it's new. I'm just honestly doing it for me now i don't you know i just doing it for me and but and before before you did it for you yeah. you were doing it to be it, I, I was not saying i was doing it for any but I, I did feel the um somewhat need for like not validation or whatnot but just like like for example i've been performing and doing this for for some years now uh -huh. but it feels like once the organization, like this year, it, it's totally different. I have, have been a little bit organized and things have just been lining up by them, like for yeah. me, just automatically. Even this, I was like, oh shoot, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm take a break. I'm gonna go back to the drawing board, my sewing machine and whatever I do. But no, okay, no, we see you, Poco, we see you right here. We need you right there. Poco, we see, I was like, okay, that was due to the, organ, you know, the organization. Right. And before, yeah, I, I, I was, I was, who doesn't care? But it just feels like now, I guess, like, you know, like I took a little break. I worked on my craft. I worked on myself, did the shadow work and whatnot. It feels like people, and I see it now, like, you guys are actually listening now. Finally, you know? So what seems like, so what's the stuff I'm performing now might seem new, but I was like, no, I've, I've been telling you this for a long time, right. you know? And, and but... But I guess, you know, I guess sometimes I've honestly, I was like, well, maybe I did need to do a little bit of work on myself to present myself to, for if when I accept myself, you guys will accept me. Like, right. you know, like the, you know, when you become a, a vocalist or someone that, that gets to talk to a mass of people because you're writing down your feelings, I mean, that's going to also take organization. Yes. Right. And um, so. The more you repeat and do, repeat and do, the better you get at it. And you start to realize that there are certain things you need to do to be successful in, in the way you want to be, mm -hmm. right? 
someone can always grab you and go, oh, yeah, I'll put five million. It, you know, to break an artist, it takes five million dollars. At least that's what last conversations I had with people in the industry. It's like, but at five million dollars, bro, you can break anybody. You can break a bum off the street and fucking yeah. put five million dollars into his ass. Exactly. And fucking, he could be a famous kind of like the, the Coney Island talks, you know, when they're talking to just strangers on the thing. They're putting some money behind that, getting it viral. And now he's a famous dude. Yeah. Right? So so the first time I saw Polka perform live was at a Unity Project event. Oh. Rest in peace, Rack One. Was. And man, when all the other openers were just shitty, to be honest with you. You know, me as an influencer, as a blogger, hip-hop blogger, man, it takes a lot to catch my ear. But then when I saw Polka perform, I was like, yo, who is she? Yeah. I was like, yo, go hit her up. And my brother went and hit her up, and then we went ahead and networked since. And that's, like, the true way of, like, exposing yourself. Yeah, and he did it the exact way Rec did it. Just seen me. As soon as I'm exiting off stage, we make eye contact. He's like, come here, come here. You know, I'm, I go to shake his hand, big hug, nah. You got to come by, you got to do something. And this was another time I felt like a whole different person, like, from then, like, you know. So, yeah, it's been a minute, and rest in peace, Rec One, man. That was, like, half my platform. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the Unity Project, you know, that that team over there. I yep, believe it's, 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 it, it's, a, it's in the mix between the 626 and the 909, right? Yeah, I.E. Riverside. Or just a, yeah. just a, a collective of MCs yes, and, and, yes. and stuff like that, you know? And, and, and I saw you come out of that. That's how I was exposed to you. And then... After I started, you know, asking around, more people knew who who you was. Rec One spoke highly of you. Pause One spoke highly of you, you know, um, and just down the line, a lot of people just spoke nothing but good stuff about you. And this is why you're on this show because we like to showcase very good MCs. There, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Not just, not just because you're a female. It's just you know you you outwrap the majority of the guys that I know personally yeah. you know and i'm so honored that you're on this um in this on the show and then to come f to find out that you're indigenous it's like icing on the cake zero yeah you know you know there's a lot of indigenous talent out there there's not a lot of indigenous female talent out there i, I could honestly say that yeah that's true i don't know if you could agree with me on that polka i i, I can and from what I know, from what I've seen, I don't know every indigenous female artist. I don't, you know what I mean? I just, like I said, I've been just minding my, staying in my lane. Is that even a, a niche for you? Um, or you're like, nah, you know, hip hop is just hip hop. Yeah, hip hop is kind of hip hop. But when it does uh, come into like the indigenous, like I, like I said, I've only stepped into this indigenous hip hop scene a few years ago, as a matter of fact. And it's different from going to what a regular hip hop show. What do you mean stepped into this indigenous hip-hop scene? Like, okay, so I go to, like, hip-hop shows, whatever, here from L.A., from here to there. And um, I just seen that just this particular, like, group was always, it was actually um, a f um, indigenous 1492 show, so shout-out to them, and they reached out. Richie. Yes, he, he reached out for me for one show in North Hollywood. I wasn't able to make it. I said, hey, keep me in mind. The next one that, is, that I will, I'm open to it, of course, just keep me in mind. And so I did see another flyer. I know he was incorporated in it. I don't know if it was his show, but once I seen the Indigenous 1492 logo, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, it's me. Like, like this is a little closer. The date's a little more, you know, I have kids. So I'm like, it's more appropriate for me. I, I can 
like, what's up? And he was like, oh, um, it's not my, just only my show. Go ahead and hit up this other person. And that's when it really began. And so I got on the phone. I, I, I hit up the promoter or whoever, like, he was being at the, at the time. And I go to, the, and I meet, you know, several indigenous artists. And it was all love from, from when I, you know what I mean? So I'm going, to, wow, look at cool. Okay, everybody here, you know, we all look the same. It feels, like, it feels good. But I had no idea that there was so much drama going on in the show. There was people fighting over money. What? There was, yeah, there was um, 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 somebody trying to take donations or something. I'm just kind of like, hold on, wait, what? And like, yeah, and like, I was, it was just very, I was like, okay, I didn't know uh, this was like that. I didn't expect it to be, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah. And then when they see me, oh, who are you? What tribe? And they're like, where's your papers? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay, you guys are pretty like cutthroat. I thought you guys, you know, be a little bit more open. Not a little bit, but everybody that I've connected with straight up in the indigenous community, we're friends. We're yeah. friends now. No, we're family I think, now. I mean, there's always going to be some people that. But I just didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Should I just didn't there know be, Poker One, you're, you're such a hardcore underground hip hop head and a true hip hop artist. Should there be a genre that's called indigenous hip hop? Yes like, and no. Yes and no. Because some people want to learn, you know, about who we are and about, you know, our ancestors and the people who came before us, all the land and people respect that. The little little bit of people, but the you know, we, we create a good community, a strong community and, and there's some other people who are just like, okay, I just wanna to listen to an indigenous artist or some people don't even care at all. Just if you're you know, if you're spitting the truth, if you you know, if it sounds good, I don't even like when I listen to something, I was like, Oh whoa, that this is word right here. I'm not thinking about I wonder if they're native. I wonder if they come, who do they come from? You know, I'm not thinking that. I'm just like, okay, they're spitting some truth facts. But yes and no, I, I, I kind of know what you mean because some people are just strictly looking for that. And, in, and, and at that moment, at that time, I kind of was. I was like, okay, I want to step out of this hip-hop scene where I know all of my homies, you know, this degenerate hip-hop scene, and I want to, you know, I'm looking for some soul, like some healing. I'm looking for people that want to heal too, and I thought it was going to be like that. I thought it was going to be kumbaya, and nah, it was kumbaya, get the, who are you, you know, like. So, so Zero, like, you have a different story, because according to you, like, when you started hip-hop, it was straight off the bat, just like, just about your ancestry about like for some reason i had the impression that that's what it was that that's what you did because like my generation prior to me being a recording artist was like public enemy i came in at that moment karis mm -hmm. one and they were talking about what they were fucking from and no one talked about what we were from and then come to find out no one really knows anything about what we are and what you know as the journey began you know so my poetry revolved around that. It, it was just the whole understanding of identity <clears throat> and now has transformed into implementation. So I think as an artist, you just have to evolve. It's not, there's no, um, I, I know what people talk about because we've had other indigenous artists who were hip hop artists and they're like, I'm an indigenous person in a hip hop scene. Where hip-hop took precedence over his identity, right? And for me, or for my career, it's been opposite. I mean, I remember playing a show, I think I've said this on the podcast, where they're all, you know, uh, you know, want to introduce you, so uh, who are your influences? I went, my ancestors. And he got like, no, like, your influences, bro. Like, 
I was all, I, I know what you my mean. ancestors. And he's all, no, bro, like, I need to know, like, Wu-Tang. Or, you know, he, wanted, he wanted me to say a fucking hip-hop part. I was like, I didn't even really, like, I'm, I'm into the hip-hop scene and genre, but I look at them as um, peers or cohorts. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't view them as, like, something that was, like, better than me. So I had my own influence, and my own influence was the sounds of ceremony the feelings of ceremony and try and translate that into music. So he was confused with that. Um, but there's no, as an artist, something's going to take shape. What that is for like some people, it's like being a woman. For some people, it's being native. For some people, it's being very skillful, a hip hop, like, you know, freestylist or, you know, like, let's say for instance, um, Supernat. I've never heard Super Nat's album. You know, I've heard him freestyle, and I was, like, fucking super excited about it, but not the album. And I'm not trying to diss Super Nat. I'm trying to say, like, sometimes you get put into a place and elevated for that particular thing. Like, for me, I know everybody's always going to talk about my music. If they ever talk about me, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, that's the indigenous guy. You spoke about indigenous prophecies. You spoke about indigenous things. But that's how my art evolved. I mean, I started off with a rock band, you know, and then, you know, moved my way into certain producing a record and then um, actually writing on a record and then actually doing all of it, you know, and so you evolve. So something's going to take precedence. Whatever it is, it could be astrology. It could be something that you're into or that you feel proud of. That's what your art will start to shift in. But that takes years of yes. years and years and years. You yeah. know, I'm like, I mean, I first started writing when I was 15 years old. I'm 47, you know, so it's a long road when you start to um, really master it, in my, my opinion. Yeah, and, and just um, like Miles Davis said, it takes years, decades to even know your own sound, to find your own sound. Like, Absolutely. I'm still... In, in some ways, I'm still, you know, getting to know myself, too. Like, oh, okay, oh, you remember you did like that. Okay, like, you know, add that to my own power, you know. Like, that's just kind of what I've been doing, you know. You're, 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 like, you know when you said that there's, it's out of body? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just closing your eyes, trusting your message, because you're a pretty brave person to go up in front of, 10 people. I mean, if if we went outside in the street and we, and we gathered 15 people and we told them, okay, Polka, tell them about yourself, you, you'd kind of be like, oh, shit, just kind of nervous. I don't really know these people. But then it's different when you hit up a stage. Those people are still strangers. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you're like, say, for instance, you have a song about, I don't know, growing up poor. Yeah. You're telling <laughs> them that story, you know, but somehow, some way, it comes off different. Yeah, and... Exactly how you say, like, oh, I have my have a story. I do have like my my message is very like fuck the system and you know like like residential schools and whatnot and like foster care and stuff like that and not a lot of pe- when like how you said that it's easy to tell a crowd that but then sometimes like like 
it's very um, overlooked, I feel like, in our community, just like being like native, like, you know what I mean? Like, like not an embarrassment almost, but it kind of feels like, yo, like, I have a story, but I can't say it because, like, I don't want to offend, like, you know, like, mom, aunt, you know what I mean? Like, but hey, it's my story. Like, I didn't grow up like the rest of my brothers. I really was in a freaking modern day residential school i really was in a system i really was you know what i mean like like yeah. it really like i'm sorry like you know so but what was the root behind being in fear of like disappointing your mom or, or something like that well just because like how like some of my songs uh what i i do talk about like you know like i do have a system song and and um I just don't want to like make oh I'm talking about you or like you know what I mean or like 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 no I'm just telling my story I don't want to make you feel bad because you did everything you you know what I mean like 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 you're a great person you're a great mom or whatever but I just it just feels like um in the community like 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 when I tr- like when I speak about the system or like I know other um you know indigenous people who didn't grow up um, with their families and and it just gets like we don't talk about it it gets brushed under the like it never happened like like no we need to know like like that's part of my healing is when i tell someone yeah i you know that it not it makes me feel better but it makes not makes me feel better about it just like my acknowledgement like hey and it didn't you know it can make you or break you and i think it's you know like it's a big part of me it really is a big part of me i guess the best way i describe healing uh intergenerational trauma is um, you look back at it and you talk about it because you look at it as surviving it. Kind of like looking back at climbing a really big mountain or a really high mountain and then looking back and going, oh shit, that was pretty dangerous, but I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's the first part of our life is always going to be, you know, danger. Yeah. You know, and, and, and mistreatment yes. and unbalance and... Because I think for everybody, even just in Los Angeles, who are all live, living in survival mode. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's a tough place to live. And as rich as it is, it has its nuances of being, you know, very dangerous, very exploitative. And um, you have to know how to survive in it. Mm-hmm. That's what molds the art, though. That's what makes you who you are. The traumas that you had prior to, um, you know, becoming a recording artist is what, you know, the most famous comedian is the one that suffered so much you think he's making fun of himself but he's really like telling you no mm-hmm. this is what i lived through mm-hmm. um or richard Pryor. yeah yeah he was a good that's example. what i was thinking about yeah yeah that's yeah. a good example yeah you know he's like oh yeah but you know he made it sound funny mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. um you know the love songs that we like are about somebody's broken heart you know it's like somebody's painful moment yeah. becomes your favorite song yeah you know and it's like um, it has these weird ways of, of working into our, our thing, but we as artists are vulnerable in a sense that um, we're sharing that pain in however we can put it together with others, mm-hmm. right? And, that, and, and when it comes to indigenous artists, we're sharing pain that people don't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that they don't care, is that when you talk about genocide, you're talking about severe, you're talking about raping of children, um, displacement of land, murder of, murder of uh, adults, um, your parents and your grandparents. Um, then a psychological war begins after that. 
So it's not like, oh, yeah, we took all your land. All right, fuck them. No, now it's start to fucking indoctrinate them. Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking of that, I don't mean to go off topic. So that's, that's the, what I'm trying yeah. to say. To, just to finish yeah. is um, that's a hard pill to swallow for somebody to be jamming on their headphones. What the fuck? Psychological warfare against them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's kind of heavy. Yeah. But our job as artists is to paint is to paint with words so that they don't even realize that they're talking, that we're talking about very heavy issues. Mm-hmm. You know, our metaphors, our choice of words, our delivery has to make it sound eloquent so that it sounds educated and intelligent to um, confront colonialism. That's word. And that's, and that's, um, an example of kind of how I felt over the weekend. I did a I did a show in, in El Sereno over the weekend, and it was a grand opening for a liquor store. You know, the hood was out. The hood was out. And to see, like I said, me being an indigenous artist, one of the first lines I say in my song is, raped, enslaved, and beaten, treated as never needed. And, you know, and so at first, some people that, you know, that don't know what's going on, they're like, what the hell are you talking, this is music, but no, and I looked around, seeing the hood, the OGs, just kind of like, they had their fists up, they were feeling, I was like, okay, like, this is, is, you know, like, I'm like, I'm reaching all ages here, I had people coming up to me, OGs coming up to me, I didn't even know I liked hip-hop, and I was like, that's cool, but because of the message, and I was like, okay, you know, like, there was like, like, two different hoods, but they were all there together shaking hands eating tacos vibing the music like music brought them that and i was like okay don't kill each other and once uh, i go home uh, <laughs> and, and you were saying uh it, it was just a, a couple years back that you kind of in- started incorporating indigenous issues into your music right yes okay it, it, i always had the fuck the system but i wanted to um bring out like like how like you said like like being like indigenous and stuff um people would tell me like yo i just remember you being super like hardcore hip hop and super this and like and like where is this um indigenous uh polka being born i was like obviously don't know me as a person you know like so i do kind of get those like yo i see you more um drifting more to like in the indigenous hip hop which the question comes like should there be an indigenous hip-hop scene? Because I have heard that. I see you gravitating more that way. I'm not gravitating more that way. I'm just going where, you know, like where I'm being called, where I feel, you know, like like the love in return and just where I feel comfortable because that's another thing I promised myself. I was like, I'm not going to go anywhere where my energy isn't feeling... Because I pick up on that real easy. I have mad anxiety. So if I get a little... I'm just kind of like, well, okay, I'm, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, but why? Is it a good one, or is it a, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, something's attaching to my energy, and I, I, I don't... So, yeah, I've been kind of just sticking, you know what I mean? Like, doing things that are actually, like, meaningful, that I'm going to, like, benefit from, you know, my mind, my body, my soul, my, you know, like, it's always a... I know it's always going to be super, super dope coming here, and thank you guys again for having so, me. So, uh, I'm curious to ask you, though, like, from your perspective on these stages, you know, you performed at our first LA Natives event, which was Custer's Last Stand. We are bringing it back year two on June 25th. Hopefully you perform again. And then I noticed you performed the Mexico New Year. Yes. Right. And you're going to continue to perform where you're called upon, you know, especially yes. if it's a good organization and a group or, or promotions. 
you know, you rocking so many dope underground hip hop events. Like, do you see, is there, is there a difference between those crowds and like the hardcore underground hip hop crowds? Somewhat. Yeah. Because the hardcore underground, like, like they want to, they want everything. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're, they're taking, um, I'm getting points on, you know, just, just hip hop. Okay. Like, like what, 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 what's, what's the fit look like? Okay. How she holding her mic, how, you know, the beats, the cadence, everything. When it, you know, when I'm in the indigenous hip hop crowd, they're there for one thing and we're, just, you know what I mean? And, and they know they're going to get it. You know, we're all going to connect, or, you know, like, so I do kind of see a difference in that. And that's another reason why I kind of wanted to compare the two, you know, but there's politics in every freaking scene, in every scene, but just, you know, where the, where the community's smaller and more power, you know, like, it's, you, you feel it more, you feel it more. Well, you know, with, with my experience, Zero knows this, you know, I learned more from the indigenous hip hop scene about our history, our ancestors, than school itself, right, Zero? That's that's more powerful than than anything. I mean, the truth's gonna come from you. It's not gonna come from you know a white institution. You know, that mm-hmm. the truth's gonna come from you because you're reflecting on your own self and your own life. It's um, your responsibility how, too. How, how deep you take your spiritual road? Those are choices you make as as you grow up. Right. I I was talking to Polka off air regarding, you know, the mainstream commercial industry. And right away, you know, we we, we had to hone in on the white people, Um, (laughs) you know, for some weird reason. Right, Polka? (laughs) But it's true. It's a fact. And we and and we have to acknowledge that, that the people who do control the industry, right, Zero, like the the elite of the music industry, Uh um, they just have their propaganda. They, They keep the perpetual... Uh, warfare uh, ongoing with just nonsense hip hop, bullshit propaganda, garbage influence, and they'll never show love into the real indigenous hip hop scene. No, I don't think it's meant to be that. You know, um, just like one has to be creative about, you know, putting together his message, his or her message, and uh, like, I don't want it to seem too abrasive in somebody my message i wanted to be like that was fuck i can't believe he said that and that together and it made so much sense yes that's that's art now mainstream hip-hop does that for products right instead of it being uh you know a profound Mm -hmm. understanding it's more like gucci yeah see there's a yeah, they want to see the brands you know. on you. But they rap about They and, and literally to, rap about it. They and, don't. And, and I want to reiterate, and we do this almost every other episode. We're not talking about all white people here, guys. We're not. I got no. so many white friends. I'm talking about the white people, like you say, Zero, the disrespect the land, the water, the fire, the air, the and the fire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good. How do you feel about that? I feel like, yeah. Right. That's where. We're not attacking all white people. No, right? I'm talking, yeah, no, we're talking about Big Pharma. <laughs> we're talking about the oil companies. We're talking about, you know, George Soros. We're talking to Geo. We're talking about all that. Even wow. you, Biden. Wow. Show that's that's real, right? Yeah. Like all the shit that's going to allow, you know, just the distraction. Like, you know, how come, it, like, yeah, Russia, that's a big deal. But how come, you know, what about, um, 
You know, what about Quito Beetle? What about all the ancestral graves they're, you know, they're currently digging up to build a wall in Mexico to not let us in. And you know what I mean? And they're going to fly in a private jet of thousands of more, you know, white people. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know? You know, yeah. It's always going to, it's going to be a tough road the whole time. It's always been a tough road and it's up to us to try to, you know, deal with it. So there's always a corporate mainstream opposite to grassroots movement that are grassroots movements that want to um, bring light to the people. And now with social media, like I said before, you know, it's a little bit harder, in my opinion, to organize yourself as an artist and go, okay, this is how I'm going to put out my projects. You know, right now I'm still, I, I mean, I have stuff written, I have stuff recorded that I have my mixtape that I have not put up onto streaming. I don't know if, I ever want to. It's a great mixtape. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know if I ever want to put it up for streaming. That's the power of art, though, is like when, you know, you go, um, well, you decide what you're going to share and how you're going to share it and what the message is and what the message isn't, you know. Um, and that just takes long hours and hours of refining your art, yeah. you know, and then it, it makes it a lot sim simple mm -hmm. to, to attack certain things. But I remember <coughs> um, listening to a documentary. I think it was a Nina Simone documentary. And she mentioned something about being a protest artist. Like she was labeled a protest mm -hmm. artist. Mm -hmm. Right? Because she, there's an issue. Let me write a song. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Let me write a song about it. There's a lot of those. Yeah. So, I mean, your job as an artist is not to be like a... Somebody who reads a newspaper or internet article or watches a documentary and regurgitate what you saw. Your mm -hmm. job is to get perspective. What's your opinion? Where's your light? How do you see a solution? Um, that's the way I see things because I don't believe that the grandfathers of white supremacy were very smart or giving or loving. You see... Our grandfathers were. Because if not, we wouldn't have been able to find ourselves again. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to have left that light of love. And it's not a love like I fall in love with a woman or I'm a happy person and I love everything. No, it's a love that that it's it's an unspoken silent love. Yeah, it's almost like a home, huh? Like yeah. home is not oh this home on this where I grew up or no, it's a home, a feeling, a home. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what we're trying to create. When we did create that June 25th show, it felt like people were looking for answers. People were trying to, I don't know, like it was a weird vibe. Well, they were, it, it, it wasn't were a weird vibe. It was a great vibe. It was such a great gratifying I vibe. Time. I, I, I like-minded individuals on one room listening and supporting one another. I, I agree. But there was unlike any other underground hip hop show I've ever been to. But there, there and were polka was there. definitely different groups, though, that didn't agree but were there. And when the artists came up, they all showed unity and supported that mm -hmm. artist because they were indigenous. You know, um, arts and arts and played that day, right? Arts yeah. and played. Arts and um, polka. Omeka. Fucking Keys. Keys. Remember Keys? <laughs> fucking Keys came from Oklahoma. You're right. Olmeca. Shout out to Olmeca. He killed it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was that what what um polka described home which i describe as love yeah. right because your planet the earth is your home 
and she gives you nothing but love, right? She gives you beautiful beaches, sunny days, rain, mountains, everything, everything we need. When when I was trying to curate that that lineup for the LA Natives event for the Custer's Last Stand, I I I I, I wanted to make sure everyone that was on that stage had something different to bring to the table and they were dope. Yeah. They were actually good. Because we were getting a lot of submissions from quote unquote indigenous artists. But when I would listen to them, it just oh man, it just sounded super amateur. But am I supposed to offend them and say, hey look, dude, just because you 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 know you rock with the indigenous scene, I automatically have to give you a pass. Right, Polka? Yeah. I, I I I'm not I, I'm not down with that because Essentially, I'm an influencer, hip hop, you know, curator for the scene. And I just, you know, I have to say this is a lot of artists that are in the scene for the wrong reasons. Because maybe their regular career is not, you know, booming as they as they want. So they just lean towards more of the indigenous subject matter. But then it sounds even worse. Just more elementary with lame beats, lame rap rhymes. But that that being said, our next event is it's gonna be uh very similar, vetted with nothing but high quality top talent. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the one that, that, that puts the shows together and, and books the acts and you know, does the research. You know, and it takes a long time to develop a sound. It's not overnight and Especially when you're trying to mimic artists that are very famous already for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that all the time. You know, where it's kind of like, I, oh, where was I at? I was working. I forgot where I was working, but I was listening to this kid, and he's um, he's like a white, a white kid. And, man, that fucking dude, he sounded exactly like Eminem. Super cadence, super... It wasn't rap. He wasn't rapping what Eminem rap, but he had his whole fucking style down, and he thought he was dope. And I was, I was like, bro, like, is your favorite rapper Eminem? He's like, fuck yeah, he's the dopest. <laughs> and it's like, I know, dude, but like, you sound exactly yeah. like him, like exactly like him. the metaphors were not the same, but the way he spit it, the even the tone of voice, and I was like, oh. It's, it's not easy. But you start there. Believe it or not, you start there. Yeah. You know, where you're like, oh, shit, I sound exactly like Eminem. And, and I have the cadence and I have the... And then you start there and you're like, ah, I'm tired of that. I want to be me. What is me? What do mm-hmm. I sound like? What do, what do I want to sound like? And, and, and that's I, hard. I, and I have to say what, what really makes you stand out a lot, Polka, especially me. I know so many artists um, that you're... The duo that you're from. With Mons, Mons Army. Shout out to Mons Army. Yes. Like, he's your partner. And it's rare. Honestly, it's one of the most rarest things to come across when you come across a couple and they're both super fucking dope. Yeah. And they both rhyme and make music together. Absolutely. How do you yeah. feel about that, Polka? Man. Like, how did that come about? That's a strange combination, but it's a great combination because, yeah. you know, you guys uh, blend well. Yes, we it's not like forced uh, collabs, but like w- w- when I listen to your guys' latest uh, project on Bandcamp, man, it just blends beautifully together. Both of your guys' voices. Thank you. Yeah, that was um, 
uh, graveyard symphonies what's it called um yeah me and mons man it's just wow first of all we yeah like you said we're, we're we're partners we're together so there's that and that but there's just times where like i felt like um our schedules were very different back then and um there was times that he, he had two jobs and I wouldn't see him sometimes for like almost a week. And I'm like, okay, let's catch up. Like, how are you doing? Okay, we're doing good. Hey, did you write anything this week? I wrote something this week. What'd you write? You know what uh -huh. I mean? And like I said, just not seeing each other. And it just like, you wrote something. I think I, I got something like, I got something like that. Mm -hmm. Let's throw it together. And then, and it also kind of worked out too, because sometimes a promoter will hit Mons up for a show or hit me up for a show. And we're kind of like, hey, yo, I got this do you want to do it together or do you want to split it or we kind of just started going live just back and forth and versus at the labyrinth um the first time where i seen you we were uh -huh. doing that we we're just uh -huh. on some live shit it started out we were just doing live yo you want to hop on with me yo you want to hop yo you got some oh let's do it and that's kind of how it really started i was like yo i think we need to really start doing something add some choruses get some more beats you know and and honestly, the people actually kind of named us. Like, they're like, yo, you guys are gruesome. You guys are like the gruesome twosome and stuff. And so uh -huh. we're the gruesome twosome. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's that been cool. That's been really cool. Um, we're actually um, working on some videos and stuff for that in the making. So we're going to be releasing a lot of that over the summer. Is that new music? Or? Yes. Um, we haven't been promoting it too much, and I, that's why I kind of feel like, damn, man, like we, we might have to actually re-release. <laughs> but it, it just, I just feel like we both didn't, because we're both doing so much right now. With, like, um, he's working on a new project. I'm working on something totally different. And it feels like it, it didn't, we, we worked so hard on it, and it was such a long time coming, but it feels like that project, we're not giving it the recognition and the respect and the time uh -huh. to even, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like we should focus and push it a little bit more, but we're just like, okay, I'll just honestly like doing so much other stuff. Um, yeah, but but the gruesome twosome music videos are coming out, and we actually got a show. That's um, the name of the group. Yes, gruesome twosome. That's just me and Mons, and yeah, that's what you're gonna get. Just two ill motherfuckers. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, I remember Mons performing at a few of our, our events, and we booked them with, with Necro and stuff, our oh, Halloween yeah. events. And I'm always like, yo, is Polka going to rock? And then when I booked you for the LA Natives event, I'm just like, damn, is, is Mons going to go up there? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like you guys are yeah, such a great couple. It, it, it's, it's really refreshing, to be honest. But sometimes it's, we just like, okay, this is you. This is your day. Like, he right. gives me those, like, and thank you. And I, I do, too. Like, you know, okay, this one's about you. Go do your shit. I remember he uh, had um, some stuff with uh, Planet Asia and Killer Priest. I was like, go. Yeah. <laughs> do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, That's cool. Yeah, and, and when, when it's my time, he's like, you know, today he's like, I'll drop you off. Like, you know, we have the kids. It's a school night. I'm in full mom mode right, right. now, you know. Right. But so, you know. Like I, will, like I said, I'm taking How the time. How many kids do you? I have two kids. Oh, a nine-year-old and my two-year-old's about to be three on the 28th. Oh, so wow. I have my hands full. Oh, yeah. I'm my hands full. Three mm -hmm. like just yo. getting started. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Oh, my God. She yells at me, y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> she yeah. beats oh, me, y'all. Yeah. So outside of you being uh, a solid indigenous hip-hop artist, um, do you have any favorites that are in that lane that are in that genre that you're like, yo, you know, like I really, really like that. Yes, actually. And like I said, it, like everybody I've met, I actually do go, you know, you don't do that to, we can all say we're all peers and stuff like that. And, but to go out of your way and be like, I'm going to listen to your new stuff that's coming out. I'm going to wait for that. I'm going to check it, you know, like, um, 
my friend Royal Roots. Shout out, she Shout I out to Royal love Roots. her, yo. And and it's and and she's indigenous. She has the catchiest hooks. Um, my brother Sub, yo, he is. You know, he, he, he sends me, you know. Sub one, right? Yeah, sub one. Yeah, yeah sub, sub one. one. Sub one's dope as yes, hell, right, uh, Zero? Uh, uh, Jag, yo. Yeah, big Jag, too. I'm like, who threw Mashika New Year? Shout out to him, you know. Oh, yeah. oh, just, just everybody, you know. Like, yeah, Mon, Mon's an indigenous fuck, too. <laughs> Shout out to Jag Ariola. He's super yes, dope. Yes, Um, You know, Omeka, yeah. you, Alva. <laughs> I do want to say, um, um. I got totally thrown off because I was just thinking again of the um, of the Catch One show and how how Olmeka performed. Uh, uh, our brother Gaja was there. Uh, R.I.P. to him. And that's what Recipes, I just that, that, yeah. That's what I just thought of right now. Oh, I was dude, like, yeah, I, he was like, there. Africa shit surprised me. Dude. You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you guys. When we opened up, me and my brother Underground Hip Hop Blog, he was the first artist ever to get posted. Oh, no way. We reached out to him because we were huge fans of Acid Rain and, and Gaja. And, like, I knew Beyond and, and Olmeca. And I'm just like, yo, man, like, we need to blog about someone. And, yeah. you know, we need to make sure it's some dope underground hip hop. Yeah. So it was his latest project that he pushed out back in 2012. And he was, like, literally our first blog post. Wow. So, you know, rest in peace, Gaja. Like, man. I'm gonna miss you, bro. Like you know, I looked up to you a lot, brother. And you know, um, you know, all my blessings towards your family. Yes. Shout out to Beyond. Shout out to Omeka Acid Rain. It's is a legendary underground Los Angeles rap group. Absolutely. Yeah, we played with them several times. That's always a surprise when I saw it. I was like, whoa. Yeah, and and he was actually one of uh, my friends from the hip hop community. Like there was, like you said, there's the indigenous, and then there's the hip hop. And I could, he was, he's a bloatian, you know, he's he's hardcore hip hop. And he was one of uh, my big homies that would always tell me, "I like what you're fucking doing. Do that, do that. What you're doing?" Because a lot of my older homies, like I'm, I'm from a collective group too, SADC, and I'm the only female too. And so I just got there's a ton of just dope motherfuckers, just you know, from all over, from 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 the blow to the IE to just everywhere, just straight. You know, and um, so I, I, I would a few years ago, I remember just telling one of my homies, yeah, I, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to embrace my, you know, in, indigenous feminine. And I want to and I kind of like seen the look on his face. Kind of oh, like, oh, don't do that. You're way doper than that. like, what do you mean? I'm way doper than that. Like, uh-huh. I am that. Uh-huh. What are you talking like, You know, because everyone just seen me as this hardcore boom bap rapper rapping raw dudes. And I'm just kind of like. That's cool and shit, but I am that. Like, what do you mean? And yeah. I didn't. And so that kind of stuck on me. And and Gajo, and he was to, the total opposite. He was like, Nah, I see you and I love it. And do that, and you know, it's That's authentic. Cool. You're being authentic to yourself. So that is one of the things I always take from that. Thank you for that, Gajo. <laughs> you had a crazy style. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You had a crazy style. I just remember his style. Yeah, it was the album called uh, "Hair Off My Chest." Back in 2012, mm-hmm. you need to check that out, Zero. Like, it, it was definitely a, 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 you know, his style was dope, right? He, he was, was on a, his he was a crazy too. chopper. Mm-hmm. He was a chopper. Yeah. yeah, he was just, it was fast ass rapid. Um, so, yeah, June 25th, we have our second annual Custer's Last Dan event, you know, LA Natives podcast event, Las Aslan Indigenous Hip Hop Festival. I'm, uh, I'm trying to, you know, hit this out the park, Zero. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, 
90% sure Poco One's going to be performing that night nice. with us nice. again. Oh. Because I, it was a memorable show, right, Polka? Like, oh. it was, you know, to, to throw an indigenous event at, the, at a club rooms. like that, two rooms, at a club like that, you know, nightclub with, with that atmosphere, it, it's definitely hard to pull off, Zero. It is. Yeah. You guys know, you guys, I wasn't back and forth from both rooms. Just, you know, after my set, I was a bystander after that. I'm checking out, the, you know. Both rooms were cracking. It was such a good show, you guys. It was an... Um, that was fun. Yeah. So I want to talk about your uh your merchandise you recently i i noticed you're 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 starting to sell you know some dope items you know i remember booking you for a show you're like yo i i I want a booth i'm like well what are you pushing no no just wait wait till you see it and and you you actually sell uh is it clothing uh, yes, it is. Um, it's called traditional ribbons, and it's um, you know native um, apparel and um, regalia, custom orders, beadwork. Um, I'm actually wearing my beaded hoops. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah, I do beaded hoops. Um, um, I do. Oh my goodness, do I have it on me? Because I did get this this weekend, and I did want to share it. I thought I'd have time to um, do get it done. But so best believe. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's ribbon skirts. Um, I'm actually working on ribbon shirts for men. Um, yeah, just, uh, just and, and it's all hand sewn. It's all by me. The fabric chosen by me. I sew the ribbons on there. I seam it together. I put the elastic. I do, cool. I do it all. Um, yeah, um, I make pins. Just any, any kind of custom beadwork. I guess it takes a lot of time. And I actually just recently made it my full time. So. And, and this is why June twenty fifth is going to be so important because best believe if Poker One's performing that night, she's going to be selling her products there. And this is what we want from all of our audience and and and, uh, and members tuning in that when you show up to our event, it, it's a ten dollars show, so it's going to give you more opportunity to you know support these vendors, support these artists, right, Zero? Absolutely. And I got the best beadwork prices in LA. Let me tell you that that's for sure because this shit is. I did want to share this with everybody and, and you as well, because I know you appreciate it. I just actually uh, got this over the weekend, and oh, I'm kind of shaking because it's just so, and I just feel the power in it. I actually got um, my AIM patch. Oh, cool. From uh, Blessed to Me by My Brother Love the Messenger. Go, go ahead and show that to the camera, guys. That's sick. It's right there. Yeah, that's dope. And love the messenger gave you that? Uh, yes, yes. Bless me with this. He actually, um, it, it took some time. You know, uh-huh. you got like... Um, not to say, oh, I had to earn it, but you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like he presented me years ago and finally, uh, gifted to me. I'm actually going to make this, I was going to put it on my jacket, but then I was kind of like, that's cool too, but I'm going to make this a medallion. So next time Ooh. you see me, it's going to be hanging right here and it's going to cool. be my, yes. Super dope. Yes. I'm channel that. So Polka, are you down to perform June 25th, 2022 at the yes, catch one for our second it. annual Ellie Nitas podcast event? Let's do it. There it is, Zero. She's yes. locked in. Oh. One down, another 10 to 12 artists to go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that event, guys. Yeah. Uh, last year, you guys came through. Um, we had people driving from Vegas, from Arizona, a couple of people from San Jose coming out to, yeah. to these events. And yes, people are asking us to take our event on the road. Oh, that'd it, be it's it's going to take some time, but we are going to pull it off, Zero. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Probably the Bay, the Bay Area. The Bay Area would be nice. Wow. You have some connections. Up there, so. Um, so, yeah, Polka, um, I really appreciate you jumping on our show. Um, 
You need to pull up to Malinali Superfoods to one of their open mic nights. You'll definitely okay. shred it. Have you been to one yet? No, no, I haven't, but I do see the flyers for them, and I see the footage, and I'm, I'm going to pull up on you guys. Do you live in Los Angeles? No, I'm actually in uh, HGV, but okay. I, flew, I flew down here. <laughs> I flew down here. <laughs> That's funny. But, yes, it's always a pleasure, and, and thank you. Much gratitude, and... Damn, it feels good to finally be on here. Absolutely. So I know for yeah, shout out to Sub One. He's on the chat right now. I, I know uh, Sub One. Hey, Sub. Um, bro, you're performing that night on our second annual June 25th. I spoke to uh, Product Pistolas. He's on board. He's going to be performing that night. Uh, Zero's going to be one of our headliners that night. Um, we're going to have bigger and better vendors, a better lineup, and just a whole just better vibe. Because the first one was. I don't know. It was kind of like a test run and it worked. Right. So we are definitely going to be prepared and we are going to have that VIP section with vegan food and a couple samples of the Manalani, uh, of the Manalani drinks. Yep. Mm. Yeah. We're definitely going to share that with um, the VIP groups that, that pay the extra whatever to absolutely hang out. Uh, absolutely. So June 25th, 2022 at the catch one, we will be announcing the ticket link within the next week or so and our first initial lineup. Um, we're going to be doing ticket giveaways exclusively on our newsletters, which you have to subscribe to our website. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, it's very important for us to get to a thousand subscribers, right? Zero. Like yeah, it's, it, it's vital. We last week's episode, we gained a solid 20, which nice. was, which was very, very good. Nice. So we just need those pockets, 20, 30, 40, 50 people subscribing, and we're going to get to 1,000 very, very, very soon, guys. Yeah, like I said before, you know, this if this show is important to you, if you want to be exposed to individuals who are unique and, you know, represent our culture, then please share our links and share anything you can that's related to Alienated's podcast because we're trying to reach 1,000. So, 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 Polka, I was talking to you off air regarding your opinion on the indigenous hip-hop scene being looked at more right well so why do you feel that way like do, do you feel like there is momentum that's leaning towards indigenous music as a whole or yes. is it just hip-hop um just in, indigenous definitely and and honestly um i think tiktok actually has a lot to do with it uh. straight up um i'm seeing i'm not like posting anything on tiktok but you know like um i get sent links and stuff like that and like i'll, ch I'll check out like an artist here and there but there's like this big thing on tiktok where a lot of indigenous artists are actually getting exposed you know like um yeah whether it's good or bad it's just but mostly good it's mostly good stuff but just like i just feel like it's so good it feels like it's like almost a trend now you know, everybody wants, you know, like, everyone wants to be indigenous. Well, I mean, most of us are, you know, we're in L.A., we're in Los Angeles, you know, but I, I did notice that on, t on TikTok just, like, more and more, and then um, and people will get called out for it, though, like, like how I mentioned earlier, like, people sometimes know me from just being hardcore boom bap, and that's it. Like, oh, I see you steering more this way towards indigenous, like, like is that for indigenous TikTok? I'm like, oh, shit, there's a, there's a thing called indigenous TikTok. Is there? Yes, yes, and it's and it's actually very popular. It's very popular. That's but is it using the platform TikTok? Or is um, it? It's using the platform TikTok, yeah, whether it's to get your music out or just, like, um, awareness. Oh. Uh, uh, honestly, indigenous TikTok is on the rise. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually learning, like, like even um, learning a lot. I was like, okay. Okay, indigenous TikTok, a shout out to so, me. So, so you see kind of like a, a fad of uh, people, mm-hmm. people just out of nowhere want to be indigenous now. Yeah, and then that's where you got to be careful because indigenous TikTok will call you out on it because they're keeping an eye. And when someone new pops in, that's why I'm almost, like I said, I'm, I'm almost like, shush, I'm going to start posting on to TikTok and I don't, they're going to come after me watching and be like, who is she? Yeah, yeah. Who is she? There's what's always. your tribe number? <laughs> How do you feel about that? Zero, that, that term of just people just, just trying to be age, yeah. indigenous out of nowhere. You know, that's deep. It, it, it's, I had a somewhat of an experience of, Kind of like an iron jacket or some shit, you know, I don't know. Well, no, that's ownership. That's ownership. That's ownership of stuff. Like, being wanting to be a part of things, I think, might be, like, an innate kind of thing that you do as a person. Because, you don't, you can't deny the wisdom that indigenous people have or... Or what there, what was left to them. It was to be shared. It I think there's kept. two parts to it, Zero. Like, for myself personally, I'm not claiming I'm trying to be indigenous. No, but there's been, for the last 20 years of my life, I've been seeking my identity. Uh-huh. I think that's a huge difference than just yes. jumping into the indigenous scene, right? Yes, well, yes, there is. There's a, yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, but no, no, no. I, I know, I know plenty. My husband, for example, he, he's full from Nicaragua. His mom uh-huh. and dad are, are Nicaraguan. His dad was a coyote. That's how his mom got here. Uh-huh. So he never met a dad and his dad in his day in his life. And actually on his 20th, 28th birthday, his dad reached to him out on Facebook. And he's kind of like, whoa, where you been? I thought you was in the jungle somewhere. Like, you uh-huh. got Facebook? Uh-huh. You know, I'm sorry to put this out there. But yeah, like, 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 and now he's kind of like, oh, shoot, like, identity. Like, everyone, you know, there's people out here having an identity crisis just from, you know, like, the moms and dads who migrated and just left every Everything dropped everything, like you know, all the teachings, all their culture, just everything. They, they left it with them when they crossed the border, right. and now just you have a just a city full of people with identity crisis and like that yeah. needs healing. Yeah. Well, I was t- I was I was telling somebody else like they were part of an indigenous group, young, like they were with Standing Rock or something. They came down to Malinali and they were, I'm so into trying to find out who I am and I need to know who i am and i'm like it's good to want to know who you are and if you have leads and if you have some sort of a you know intuition that this is where you're from great but know when you find that government name it's going to just come with trauma mm-hmm. and the story mm-hmm. of that trauma being indigenous isn't finding paperwork or or getting the white man's approval being indigenous is how you treat women how you treat your children how you understand the land how you respect the water how you humble yourself to the fire and let yourself go to the wind these things are indigenous principles absolutely i mean and it's and it's for everyone let's add your diet right oh and then you know when you start to be you know, when you <clears throat> spring water, river water, back in the day before pollutants were loaded with pollens, algaes, and God knows what else was in that water, mm-hmm. right? So this is where we pulled nutrition from naturally. So when you start implementing these algaes and these seeds and these roots and this pollens, bee pollen pollen, all these pollens, 
excuse me, um, that's when you get maximum experience, I believe, you know, as a human. I don't even want to use that word because that's a, I know the origin of that word. But as someone alive is what I'm changing it to, you know, you get maximum um, experience when you implement these things that were left to you by your great, great grandfathers, right? They didn't, they weren't even going to see your face, but they had to remember to teach you about these things. This is what I mean about white supremacy and their grandfathers. What kind of grandfathers did they, what kind of wisdom did they leave their grandchildren to be secretive, to be deceitful, yes. to be controlling and dominant? That this, that foundation can't live forever. So, of course, white people are going to gravitate to our teachings. Of course, they're going to fucking want to go, oh, yeah, like, oh, my great, great, great grandfather is this, that, and the other. And it's, it's not our place to be like, oh, fucking get out of here. What are you talking about? You know, it's our place to be humble with what I just described. Because your grandfather did plant those seeds in you. It was a different approach. Than the grand the grandfathers of white supremacy, the grandfathers of our lineage left discipline, love, math, science, astrology. I mean, all those things are inside our blood, mm -hmm. you know, and no one can erase that. And people are gonna want to be a part of it. They're gonna want to be a black people, Asian people, white, mostly white people. <laughs> but you know, I try. Uh, I've been through my road about, you know, blaming them and treating them bad or ignoring them or calling them names. Or In reality, we just want to break the mindset of white supremacy, right? And that takes humility and it takes compassion, empathy. But all that's coming from the earth. That's not a weak person. The, the earth is that way. You know, it's empathetic. It, you know, it gives fruits, it gives yes. the things that we need. Yes, right? and it weeps when it needs to. Exactly. And, when and it's it moves ready, when it, it needs to. Yeah. yeah, and it moves when it needs to. When, when we feel earthquakes, because it's like, you know, she wants to move. We, yeah. we forget her power. Yeah. So, anyways, that, but everybody will naturally want to gravitate to the shaman, right? The person that's like, and, and what people don't understand is like, we get shaman from like Hollywood. Right? Oh, the Hollywood shaman. Like, and then everybody's like, oh, look how much medicine I do, and I'm a shaman. And, and most shamans, I believe, were women. Well, yeah, a lot of them yeah. were women. A lot of the most powerful ones mm -hmm. that I could recall, like Maria Savina and, you know, people that understood the, the medicines. Yes. They're women. Yeah, they're powerful women. But Hollywood has distorted our version of it, and now we have these what they call white hippies or whatever, and they're ingesting large amounts of medicine and they're getting awoke in their own manner. But they're confusing that the shaman's life is isolation. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. You're not around people to get accolades. and yeah. <laughs> It's like... You're on the top of a mountain. You're like on top of a mountain by yourself and you haven't been, you know, two years without seeing someone. Yeah. And you're like yeah. learning from nature. It's It's not... It's not something to be mainstreamed or um, 
you know, exploited in that way. The depth of your soul and what you know inside of you comes from thousands of years, you know, in the past. And the one thing I could say about our culture, the one thing I could say about our spirituality is that it was very precise. It didn't have holes in it. It took thousands of years of repetition to get it that way. So naturally, people are going to go, oh, I want to be a part of that. You know, just like they're part of Asian culture because they're like, oh, look at my Asian tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they're dope, you know. But when you have a community attitude, then you welcome it. You don't let them dominate, though. And let you tell you what to do. Now that's more of the iron jacket kind of like, I know it all, and you know, none of none of it comes with a humble heart. <laughs> you know, you can tell whoever, uh, you know. And I hate to bring it up, but it just it, it's it's a constant reminder of 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 fraud. This is my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, people try to be more than they need to. You yes. just need to be themselves, you know, and the truth. Like people ask keep me all the mind, time. Guys, I talk, I talk like this. No, all the keep time. in mind, guys. If you guys want to learn more about that, you know, that segment that Zero broke down uh, about Iron Jacket is our most popular segment on YouTube. It, it's a very detailed segment, and uh, I, I love your perspective on it. I really, really, really do. Yeah, it's you know anybody anybody could learn things, you know, if you dedicate your time to it. That's my point is that, you know, our medicine, like, I don't know if people know this, but Dr. Savi was taught by a Mexican man. Uh-huh. You know, so he doesn't mention him much. He doesn't Serious? Like, yeah, he was taught by a Mexican man. He, His Mexican, whole operation was in Honduras. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, or so an indigenous, I shouldn't say Mexican, an indigenous healer healed him and he learned and he, and he took it into his soul and his spirit and he learned and took it as far as he did with the products that he put, not products, but with the plants that he researched and got success from, you know? So yeah, it, it, we're always going to have people that want to be down and at a certain, to a certain extent, you know, because, you know, community circles should be small and close and, you know, we're starting to see that grow in Mali Nali, you know, the people that are there to support us during plant-based aslan our open mic and we're working on some other programming like a holistic sunday where you go do yoga get massage get curanderos to you know give you a limpia you know sick. things like that that is sick where That's do i book the session i need one of those <laughs> well it's and it and it's all going to be done in a community sense you know yeah. so these are the things that these are the bricks that we lay down as community workers you know is to be inventive to be organized and and to execute and that's what we're trying to do as a family me and my partner shout out jenny and uh, you know our boys you know we're getting a pretty strong community response from our people around us so you know shout out to the communities like lucas and all the vendors that that come out to plant-based aslan and all the people all the artists that come out to the open mic, you know, you guys have a strong voice and, and it's just getting stronger and we're just beginning and starting. So, 
Absolutely. Shout out to Matatin. He's tuning in right now, watching us live on air. Yeah, Matatin. Um, shout out to Sub One. Shout out to Richie from Indigenous fourteen ninety two. Man, oh wait, Richie's there. We're back, up, June twenty fifth. Be there. Um, we will be announcing the ticket links very, very, very soon within the next two weeks, guys. It, it takes some time for me to organize these events. I organize a whole bunch of them. I don't have to, you know, organize this one, but I want to. I have a passion for it. I believe the indigenous hip-hop community needs to be competitive. They need to be up there toe-to-toe with the mainstream, with the competitive underground hip-hop community, with the aggressive Los Angeles music market. What's wrong with that, Polka? Not a damn thing. I'm right? with that. I'm there. It's like... <laughs> I think you have the talent for it. I mean, there's Subwan, Azamatli. I mean... The list goes on and on. Oh, yeah. Jag yes. and and cosmic force. What we pride ourselves most, especially when underground hip hop blog are a part of these events, that we kind of look forward to that artist's best performance. Because I don't know, right, Poke? If it's a better stage, I don't know. Like maybe sometimes you perform a little better. It just yeah. if it's better lighting, better sound, you got visuals. I, I would think it's only natural to like feel more comfortable in that environment, especially if you're a true artist, right, Zero? That's what, we've you, all, that's what you aspire to. Because we're we, we've all been there when there's trash sound, trash setup, and it just it it, it, it there's I don't well, know. Well, it takes away from the performance. It, it makes it. Do harder. you ever feel that way, Polka? Yes, because as a, sometimes when I'm an audience member. It does make it, because when I do, when I'm like, yo, this is dope. Okay, they got the lights on point. The stage is on point. Everything, look at, look, the artist is killing it. And, I, and then it takes that one thing. Hey, yo, the speaker right here in the back right here sounds kind of fucking janky. And I'll just be thinking about that. And I, because and, I'm an artist, and I'm just like, fuck, man, homie's up there with janky fucking sound. I'm trying to make eye contact. Where's the sound guy? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, that's how I personally feel, just yeah. being an artist in an audience sometimes. But, yeah, it, just, it takes one thing. But, yeah, the bigger the stage, it's like getting dressed, you know? Like, when you feel good, when you put your, you know, put your beads on, you're going to look good, you're going to feel good. You're like, okay. And this is why I like the book, The Catch One, because it allows the artist to deliver their best performances. Well, that underground room is dope. And the, the room that we're going to get is, you know, they the all noise offer, room. you know. The Catch One's always dope. All thing. the rooms are always packed. Like, no yeah. matter what's going on. Yeah, I think what what something was going on that day. It was like a reggae, but that was jam packed too. Yeah, yeah they have several rooms, yeah. and I believe last year's was a Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken, and we had it packed. So this one's going to be a Saturday night. Ooh. Yeah, it was Sunday, so now this is Saturday. That's Israel. interesting. You know, I, you know, uh, we're, we're it's in the works, but we are going to be flying a few people out, and this is going to be a, a great announcement, guys. I'm just you know fine tuning the details and then the contracts with these artists man but best believe it's going to be one of the illest shows i'm expecting everyone that listens to us from out of state to come out to this event if there's yeah. going to be one event in la you, you want to go to is going to be this next la natives and it's, affordable. it's going to be an affordable show it's going to be a 10 dollar ticket guys Dude, $10. a lot of these freaking concerts are 20 25 30 right polka yeah and it gives you no substance it gives you no subject matter you don't learn shit right you're just probably drunk I, I just walking like out of these events. The uniqueness of it, you know, it's just the, the artist lineup is going to be strictly indigenous and and these guys are really good. Yeah. Um. So that being said, thank you again, Polka, for joining us. Absolutely. Tonight. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward 
to our Spotify listeners to tap into this podcast right here because Polka One is is a very special artist for Los Angeles and especially for the indigenous hip hop community. Right, and the female community too. And the female hip hop community as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah, she's actually one of the top female MCs out of LA. Yeah. I appreciate you. Like, seriously. You're, you know, you're, just you're, stepping into my deadly auntie power. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, any last words, Zero? Nah, just, you know, thanks for everybody that comes and supports at Malinali. Shout out to my family. Shout out to everybody who showed up on this chat because it seems like Absolutely. everybody had a lot to say. Thank you, Polka, for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you both. And uh, as we go into this uh, new time, let's not waste a lot of energy on, on judging. You know, stick to yourself and stick to the improvements that come with you, you know. Because when you're healthy and you have... Uh, a humble heart and you're connecting to the right things and no one else becomes annoying you know mm -hmm. you just are aware and if you are one that just wants to be about around family and doesn't want to be around people that are confused or maybe people of a white supremacist attitude then you have to learn to respect the boundaries of our yes. own community absolutely and that's really like what Poker was kind of alluding to is that sometimes we go to events and and it, we don't feel welcomed, and that should never be a case. And when it comes to indigenous communities, indigenous communities always welcomed everyone from that fucking yeah. Spaniard to that yeah. fucking pioneer to the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. It's like we welcomed everyone. We always had. Uh, but we were very aware. Don't get yes. it twisted. We were not, oh, Couldn't stupid. Stay. We weren't <laughs> stupid and just giving away everything. But as we grow in this community, I pray that uh, that we learn to tolerate each other, do things in a good way, and uh, support us. So share the link. We're trying to get to 1,000 on YouTube. We should have already been there, but, you know, we take our it's it's an it's under Chicano time or Indigenous time or Native time or Mexican time. So, um, we'll see you next Wednesday. Lasukamatli Ometeo Tonansi Tonatu. Sapo. Matasin put white supremacists are dangerous for white people. Look at Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> He's like, show this to your people now. You know, it's funny. The chat was lit. We're at, at max 30 people live. That was good. Wow. It was between 18 and 30 live audience members. That's what we like. Poker to go live. You yes. Know? That's our, it, it allows us to like, you know, be live and be unscripted. Yes. Yes. Right. I'm actually trying to tap into that more too. the going live and actually, you know, communicating with yeah. people. I, I definitely got to work on my communication with the people. <laughs> for sure, like like showing my face and, you know. So we're wrapped up. Thank you for showing up. We're going to be uploading this on Spotify in the next two days. We'll send you the link. As of right now, I think tomorrow morning, when the video gets rendered, it's automatically on YouTube. We can share that dope. link. Okay. And yeah, it's a dope. it was a dope combo. It was a long time coming. Yes, definitely. I, Thank like, you. Honestly, when we first launched this podcast, I was like, damn, we need to put Poka. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, I remember you're on the Pause One show. You're like, yeah, I'm Native. I'm like, oh, damn. Fuck that. I need to be on our shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
Um, hey, what did that dude's doctor die from? Oh, man. You know, man. it was health issues, man. It was so something about his bladder or, or his he, kidney. Yeah, um, he was in the hospital and they released him. They released him. So one of his, uh, my homegirls, you know how it is. Like, you know, I see my homies. I, you know, they date and shit like that. But yeah, one of his ex-girlfriends or girlfriends at the time was my homegirl. She hit me up. She's like, yo, I don't think you should find out during, through Facebook. Like, not this one. So I, I was honestly one of the first person in the hip-hop community to know Ali Cool didn't know. Micah Nine didn't. Two mix, you know what I mean? I was like, why are you putting this pressure on me? I was I like, because now I have to tell somebody. <laughs> I found out <laughs> Excuse me. through pause one. On Friday, on Friday morning. Wow. See, Friday I thought, oh, what, Wednesday and morning? You know what? Thursday, Thursday, he was at Mission Tobacco Lounge uh-huh. with Mondo, DJ uh-huh. Mondo. That's what people were saying. People were like, people like were how? Like, he was just at a show. They released him, and then he went to a show. Yeah. And then fucking, he woke, he went mm. to sleep, and didn't wake up Friday morning. Mm. Wow. So, you're right, Israel. Oh yeah, bro. Sometimes you're fucking, bro. Like, fuck. yeah. Spooked me. Yeah, dude. Yes. Hey, remember Chris? Yes. Let's take away from this fucking white. Remember Chris? Diet. No, and no. Honestly, the one thing I respected about Gaja, he was a real. Cause you know that the community is. Oh, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. And I seen homegirl like I like I, I did a one show and oh, oh, I'm a vegan. I seen you at the B side eating like two donuts. They put lard, pork lard in that. That's not oh, vegan. Shit. And so, like, but, but gosh, he was one of those real vegans that were just always... And he got sick and died? And he got sick and died. He was what a real f- raw vegan. He was wow. a raw vegan. That's the thing that kind of was like, damn, man, I don't know. I was like, y'all good. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for old man. I know the food. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. Beyond? Oh, man. Every time, no, literally, for the last 15 years, every time I saw... Catch one, they were all together. They were, they were yes. always there, right? They're yes, always. always. And they were, because they always supported each other in the crew. They were all, they were all like, oh, we're all here for 